The Dode Fox Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Dode Fox Podcast. I'm Ronnie, he's Paul, and into the international break with another three points. We're fifth in the league after eight games, we've got 14 points, it's night and day for last season, and I'm not going to lie, fully paid up members of the Tamcourt's Tangine Army right here, an absolute pus shutter. Join the conversation on our socials, we're at Dode Fox Podcast, on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Coming up on this week's episode, Ross County Review, VAR, players leaving, Ian Harks, TV Games, Scotland at Tanadice, Loan Report, Academy, Lottery, 50-50, Foundation, Games or Goals, On This Day with Yarab Archive, and Udi Yarab and Baby Shed are our special guests. It's all coming up on episode 115 of the Dode Fox Podcast. Hi, I'm Johnny Russell and you're listening to the Dode Fox Podcast. So welcome back to the... I was going to say multi-award winning podcast, but it's the multi-award winning Paul McNichol, really, and just the solitary award that's now no longer valid, given it was 2020, the Dode Fox podcast. Uh, before we get into everything that's going on in terms of Ross County and the quiet affair that it was yesterday, uh, we do have guests this week. They are dad and daughter, the Arum Baby Shed, but being a Sunday, as we record this, Andy and Rebecca are our guests. Welcome to the podcast. How are you getting on? Yeah. Good, thank you. It's a lot easier after a win. Always. I was not wanting to do this if we lost. (laughs) It's kind of like me and Paul when that happens. But anyway, um, before we get into the game, obviously the uh, Andy, the Uddy side uh, side of your Twitter handle is is kind of in relation to where you you're based and stuff like that. How does a West Coast man follow Dundee United? I'm not actually a West Coast man. Um, I grew up in Dundee. Um, my mum still stays in Carusty, um, and, and that's where it comes from. So, born in Arbroath, and moved to Dundee when I was about 10, started following the 82. Yeah. Were you, were you one of these guys that we've had a lot of people on that know that I'm painting how old you are, Andy, but would you would you go to see any football that was on, or was it just you were, you were a United fan by choice, or was it th- pushed in your throat, that's the only team to support? Oh, no, my, unfortunately for me, my father was a, a Rangers fan. Um, so there was no way I was going to watch them. And, and I became a United fan. Um, so, so that was me starting about 79, the first year I went. So great time to start supporting us. Um, first trophy within you know three months of starting going to the game. And thought, so this will happen another time. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what it felt like the first five years, that's for sure. Um, so I'm just that, that bit older than you as well, Paul. But I remember the, the kind of really, really good times for us. Um, um, I've managed to indoctrinate Rebecca now, and all she's one is kind of bad times, pretty much. Well, we'll, times are coming now. we'll certainly get to that. That's for sure. Um, do you remember sort of maybe the first couple of games you went to, or an earliest memory, or a player you watched that took your eye? Yeah, I mean, I was I was trying to think about the first game and. and I can't remember that the first game, but the one, the first one I really remember was the League Cup semi against Hamilton at Fermlin um, in the 1-6-2. Born Moraine, that's what I remember most about it. Good scoreline. Chucking it down, and we were brilliant. Um, and a lot of that, I don't remember a lot of that season really. I remember the final at Hamden, 0-0, it was a dreadful game. And then again, when we won, it ends, and it was down again that night. But it was a great time to start supporting this. Paul Sturrock was my absolute god. You've been very vocal, Paul. Even even though you are, you've got years on me. 
not quite enough on Andy, but you still got to see him a, a little bit. But what a player! One of the best, one of the best to, to ever play for United. And like, as good as we may become again in future, I, I doubt we'll see the likes of Paul Sturrock at times. Mm, yeah, just, Ralph. Ralph is the other one. Just just watching us going forward, there was somebody posted a montage of Ralph. I think sometime during last season he scored in. Yeah, he was mm. he was class. He was he was class. Um, you've known the good times then, Andy. So Rebecca, you've known some of the worst times. I imagine. Yeah. Uh, is this are you following United? Because Dad made you follow United. Is that what it was? Um, it, no, I think it was kind of the other way around. To be honest, um, I was always like I played hockey at school. I was never really about on a Saturday. And Dad's friend ends up becoming the manager for Dundee um, a couple of while back. Uh, so we started going to hospitality to watch Dundee just for something to do together on a Saturday. Um, and I mean, I could watch my grand and stuff like that. And I realised that they shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't really want to watch them. Um, and Dad was like, you know, I actually support United. And I was like, oh, why are we not going to see them? So he took me to see United. And from that point on, I was like, where are we getting a season ticket? Where are we getting a season ticket? And made them go home and away every single week. And yeah, I've been going ever since, haven't we? Yeah, I think that was the thing that grew at times. I kind of stopped going so much because I was travelling through from here myself and stuff. And it was great for Rebecca to start going to the game and now. I mean, I think that's it. We've been going um, home and away every week. It's great having somebody to travel with and time with. I think that's the thing. It's, you know, from her being here, the game, you get all her nonsense all the way there and all the way back. <laughs> so I'm trying to work that out. Going I'm trying to work out then. Is your first season 2013-14? When we got to the I'm cup fine. final and you thought, this will be easy, this will be great. Well, the first, we were talking about this earlier, I was trying to remember like the first ever game I went to and the first ever game I went to was a Dundee Derby, 1-0 um, at Tannadice. It was my first ever game like going as a United supporter. Um, and that was the same season, there was the, was it the semi-final against Celtic? That was 4-3. Um, and I was, I was convinced we were going to win. I was convinced we were going to win everything from that point forward. <laughs> Um, so after that, the next season, we literally went home and away every single week mm. and convinced Dad to get us a season ticket. We got a half-season ticket in December because I'd made them go every week. So it was like, we should probably get a season uh, Well, that's if this is the right game, so it would have been March the 17th, 2013. Um, yeah. Michael Dar- Gardine scored with like two minutes left. I'll read you the team out just uh, for a bit of nostalgic reasons. Uh, Radoslav Chesney out in the goal. Um, Brian McLean Shudder uh, Sean Dillon Keith Watson Barry Douglas Mark Miller Richie Ryan Stuart Armstrong Great hair Gary Mackay Stephen Rory Boulding And John Daly Was the uh, the starting lineup for uh, For that game I mean It was a It was a good enough Well it was Yeah well, I mean, It was a good enough The following season But Jackie wasn't along In kind of charge there But He coming at a good time because that summer was pretty exciting. I mean, we had a lot of good yeah. players joined with then. Um, I'm assuming when you're going, though, because we're playing some good football, but this is right before 
the real shit hits the fan. But you just kept going, which is really impressive, given you're travelling a lot to every game. I was hooked at that point. I was hooked before it got bad. That's like, a good thing. We were talking about this earlier. The, one of the first chants like, we would be singing was we always score four. So I was like <laughs> right in at that point. And once you've watched that, like, there's no real going back, is there? Like, you've committed. So, but yeah, since then, it's not really been the same good times. But hopefully we're getting back to yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, we've been over that season while some of our guests and, you know, the following season, and we should have won that cup. I mean, any, can any I, other Can day. I ask who your, who your pal was, Andy, that was the, the manager of Dundee? Yeah, it was Alex Ray. Oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> Sorry, we'll, we'll, guys. We'll cut, we'll cut that right <laughs> Right it. Right, right yeah, it. Ten minutes in. We'll that. <laughs> yeah, I, Alex is a good pal of mine. Um, <laughs> just, through, just through friends of friends when, I, when I'm moving through here uh, and getting to know him and, and stuff. And he has, he's very different to the public persona. <laughs> he's, ve- he's very Rangers-minded. Absolutely. That's he, what we'll say about Alex. think he talks shit on the radio. You'd hear him on our group chat. Even worse. <laughs> I can imagine. Well, here, I talked about right at the top of the, sh- top of the show, you know, push shutters left, right and centre. You'd have got in against them a few weeks ago when, oh, we, when we beat them. I mean, I'm assuming he took that. Well, not. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I know he's, 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 uh, he's, he's actually a lot fairer when you talk to him in, in the flesh than when you get on the radio. I think there's maybe a bit of persona for the radio. No, oh, a little bit. Um, <laughs> So your dad's favourite player was obviously Paul Sturrock because he's mentioned love watching him. In those early days, Rebecca, who were you watching? Who was your favourite? Uh, my first ever favourite United player had to be Ryan Gold. I was obsessed with Ryan Gold. Purely for the fact that he was the same height as me. And I thought that was unreal that there was football at the same height as me. But yeah, I've, I'm glad he's not in the Scotland squad. I've always wanted to see him do well um, yeah, well, he speaks. He doesn't go to his bed to speak to you. I can tell you that much. But he was, he was you know, <laughs> podcast pal. But there we go. Uh, right. Listen, we'll touch on other stuff as we go forward. But um, it's always easier doing these things after a win um, and stuff, which is which has been it's been great up until the, the, before yesterday's game, Andy. How are you summing up the season so far? I'm really pleased, um, and, and it, it's amazing because after the. Aberdeen game in the first game of the season after going to the League Cup seconds first game against Aberdeen I don't know if I can I don't know if I can keep crawling through to Dundee every week watching this rubbish and it's like somebody switched a light in the players and courts and you know I'm I'm a big fan now and you know even more so after yesterday and he's checking the gesture and he just looks a leader you know and that's that's the thing that, that, that I'm seeing now um, as I said on Twitter right when he was appointed I think the thing was when McLean was appointed back in 71 the 34 year old unknown coach I'm sure the fans were cracking up at that and I'm not claiming that Tam's going to be playing but let's give the guy a chance you know? let's see what he does yeah I think everyone was the same you know after watching the Aberdeen game I mean we watched it and had to record a, a podcast I think we probably did hold back a little bit but it was like this could just be the same as last season, but obviously something's happened during that game. Then you're looking at the fixture list going, sorry lads, it's only Rangers next to him, they've no lost in 45 million games it seems. <laughs> and 
you might and listen some fans did say ah it's a one-off and you actually maybe did believe it yourself that well maybe it is a one-off but then we then go to St Johnston and then we have the Hearts game that we maybe lose but we're well in the game and stuff and we, we've discussed that and even the Hibs game you know 3-1 doing but it actually flatters them we, looking overall but to go into yesterday being the United fans we're obviously going well we drew with Celtic last week we beat Rangers we've done that Ross County got a win again it could be tough automatically we seem to just be slightly negative going into it and Paul I'm pulling you up right now last week you said oh, I can't believe Kerr Smith's in against Celtic oh, that's a big call and then yesterday Big Sexy's back in the team and you're moaning again what's happening oh no I, you no, did that, you moaned no that's no that's artistic license for Costello there I wasn't a moaning I was saying I felt sorry for Kerr Smith because he's done nothing wrong However, if I'm Tam Courts, of course I'm putting in Charlie Mulgrew. He's in our best players. You've got to, you have to play him if he's fit. He's but big. I did feel bad for Kerr because he done nothing wrong to get dropped. He's big sexy. So he is. Yesterday sexy. was massive. I thought yesterday was massive for us. That, you know, we go to Parkhead and get a point, and it becomes irrelevant if we don't win games against Bucks mm-hmm. County and you know the, the Burns and in these games. These are the games that that are. That are most important. I think. Well, when those games we finish top six, that, that's that's it. And I keep I keep hoping this is the year that top five hopefully gets to Europe in a European trip. That's that's got to be the ambition. I think this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think we're a striker away. No, that's. Yeah, I think I think we would agree with that. But you know, one change um, was that one Mulgrew for for Kerr Smith and Paul. Well, we played some great football in that first half. It was, it was brilliant to watch. It really was brilliant to watch. And I mean, as, as good as the football was that we were playing, we still needed a goalkeeper to have an absolute disaster or a moment to help with take the lead with the, uh, with the goal. But yeah, some of the passing, some of the movement, it was just brilliant. It was just a, an absolute joy to watch. And even our mate, the person that sits next to you, Andy and Rebecca, uh, Martin, even he was mildly impressed yesterday. So it was. The, the first 45 minutes was really good to see. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, you're so right, like, getting a point against Celtic's nothing if you kind of beat the teams that are going to be down beside you or doing the bottom of the league, because I'm pretty sure a record against teams lowness has never usually been brilliant, but you've got to win the game, and I thought first half, it should have been two or three, and it wouldn't have flattered if it was two or three, but being United fans, we're thinking, we need to get a second, but actually came up, we probably need to get a third and then we're getting mm. at uh, half time. And I thought that as well. I thought the first half we're playing some some great stuff. Probably our best half of football of the season. Is I said fair? to Dad at half time, I was like, I think that's been the best we've played attacking in creativity, like the full season so far. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and it's, it's, it's early doors. It's early doors yeah. all around. Like we are, uh, as, as Andy touched on, like the first game of the season was dreadful. It was everything that yesterday wasn't. Anything that, that could have been absolutely key was absolutely key on that first day of the season. But the 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 improvement up until now, it's night and day. I mean, the, the first day of the season, we played five at the back, which just didn't suit anybody. It didn't suit any of the five at the back that day. Uh, but Tom Courts is learning on the job. Like we've said that before. Like he might not have been many people's first choice for the gaffer, but he's got the job and he's learning on the job. And everything points to the fact that he's He's heeding his lessons and he's, you know, he's adapting and he's making changes that need changed. Yeah. And uh, the big thing yesterday was the, the big, f- the flying fin 
got his first goal. It was a great move. You need a bit of luck. Let's and referees are no gain what. So uh, we'll tap what luck we can. <laughs> now, Paul, you'd have been pretty much directly behind it at the time. I wasn't sure what happened. Yeah, but the keepers made an elsewhere. Uh, an absolute howler. An absolute. Ho- thing is, he had a great save. Not the that long before. Looked it. as if he thought he'd saved it. Yeah. He's looked right and saw the ball in the back of the net and looked as if, how the fuck did that get there? <laughs> exactly what happened. He, he had a shocker. Was, an absolute shocker. Yeah, I, I was delighted for, for Niskanen to get it because he's, he's, he's obviously mm. coming a new team. It's a new setup. I think I think the big thing looking for it is off the ball is the amount of work that the players do. When we've not got mm. a ball, we're needing to defend and where they need to be. It's these wee bits of where's he going to be, where does he need to stand, who does he need to pick up and whatever. But yeah, the man of the moment. Ian should be in the American squad. Harks, just an assist on the back. He's player of the month that you didn't agree with. I couldn't believe that. Um, set up, and again, we've said it, we'll repeat it again. He's like a new man. And this system yeah. under the manager and the way we're trying to play. Yeah, some, something's clicked. Something's clicked to him. Uh, whether it's a change of system, whether we're asking him to do something different. He's just been absolutely fantastic the last the last few weeks. Even through at St Mern. Now, I know that we kind of joked that he, he's no right-back, but up until he had to go at right-back, he was having a good game. It was just unfortunate he then got put in a position that's completely foreign to him. But uh, once again yesterday, yeah, he, he absolutely... I mean, he's it's like a different player. Mm. I'll stick that right in it. Like, Dad hated him. Dad, any time it was a team sheet, Dad was like, oh... Like, <laughs> he's here, he's he's your dad was not alone. There was a, there was a lot of people that were not believers. Yeah. To be fair, I wasn't a fan, but dad was worse than so like definitely him. <laughs> but he's giving him confidence. I think I think Dylan Levitt coming to the team's helped him. You know, Levitt Levitt's got the role that probably were looking perhaps to play, and he wasn't capable of playing that. He's definitely better going forward. Yeah. You see him in that kind of advanced role, and he looks he looks far more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Can I ask? Can I ask? All he is. Do you think we're missing Butcher? No. 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 Right, well, so am I, but I, we've, let's be honest, we've played better in the last couple of games when he's no been there. Yeah, listen, I, I'll, just a fact. my only, the, the real defence I've got is, I think the first half of the derby, Butcher had to play. Because of the type of atmosphere it's going to be, he needs to set about, whereas Dale Levitt then comes on the second half and is pinging bars about like they're going out of fashion. But I think we needed that in the first half because there's no much... Although Jando loves a tackle, right? There's no loads of aggression in that midfield. Like Ian Harks, let's be honest, 50-50, eh? Man manager Darshan could win a 50-50 with Ian Harks. And there's things like that that I just think we need a bit of aggression. But against Celtic, we could only play the team that was there. And Dylan Levitt, how they didn't go man for man on Dylan Levitt, I have no idea because he was he was brilliant last week. We were quieter yesterday, I thought, but still good on the ball. Ian Harts, by the way, 95% pass completion yesterday. And you're telling me that's no player of the month? Paul, come on. My issue with Ian Harts winning that is it's not really an issue. But if it was, when I saw it, I first thought he's won the United player of the month. He's won the Arab Trust one or something. And, and I honestly thought, I don't even think he's been United's best player this month. And I, and I don't know. I stand by that. I think Jondo's been better than him. But like fair play on like goals win games he scored he scored a goal at Parkhead he scored in the derby he has been very very good so uh, he's you could say he's earned it but if I was picking it 
I probably wouldn't have picked him if I'm being totally honest. Uh, Andy, you're right I, I though. Think... The, the midfielder are help are bringing each other on. I think. I mean, for me, Jondo, you just look at Jondo, Jondo every week. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. What I really like about Jondo is, see when he's knowing he, he's, he's 11 out of 10 performances and he gives the ball away, his first thought is, I'm going to go and get that back. And he just yeah. goes and gets a back. And I still, I think sometimes he's a wee bit rash in a tackle, like he, the studs are up sometimes, but he's just that wee bulldog you need. There, I've just been going, go and get the ball. And the first thing he does, he gets his body between the ball and the man every single time, even in you're in our box and you're thinking, what's going on here? But again, done the role amazingly yesterday again. But at half time, suitably happy, but just needed that extra couple of goals, you think? Yeah, I, th- I thought, yeah, I mean, half time, I was thinking, should be more than one up. And well, that's one of the things we said at that time. The big problem is that you're having to keep clean sheets to win games. No, that's and it's not going to happen every week. That the defence have been brilliant, but but to keep having to have a clean sheet to get three points, tough shift, it's a tough ask. Um, and that's where that second goal's got to come from somewhere. The striker that if we can find one on a, a you know he's three just now, great. If not, January becomes a clean sheet. Yeah. Oh, it's absolutely crucial we'll bring somebody else in. I think that's been seen, especially if with McNulty being out, we're a number down. Regardless of your yeah. thoughts on McNulty or the way he plays, we're a number down, like we are a man doing. I thought Nicky Clark, for what it was, put in a brilliant shift again yesterday. You know, he gets himself not a bit of the park. And I, I, I watch him keep thinking he's not a nine. You know, he's not, he's not, as Martin said to me yesterday, he's not a big brute centre-half, eh, centre-forward. Yeah. Mm. He's probably wondering now about the fact that we're getting involved into the ball. Somebody to bully defenders and things. Just, that's what we're missing. Uh, he yeah. does all the hard work. He just doesn't finish anything. Yeah, I think it was a, it was a wee bit of like yesterday over the piece. He should have scored yesterday. He definitely should have scored that header in the second half. That is a guilt-edged opportunity. He's got, and I, at the game at the time, because we sit in the stand behind the other goal, I thought he's maybe thought the keeper's going to come out and he's he's maybe bottled it. But when you actually see it back on the highlights, I think the keeper bottled it and ah, they both bloody missed it. They made made an absolute air stop. But yeah. he's got to score that. Like he's if he's in the team to score your goals, that's a chance he's got to put away. And yesterday was obviously that proverbial game of two halves. You know, we were really good attacking ways in the first half, but the second half we had to defend. And I, I said it. I think I said it just before we start recording, but I said it to a couple of other people yesterday as well. What I really like about our back four is they love a tackle. Like, these boys love a tackle. And they're hard but fair, but you're, none of them will shirk a 50-50, and that includes Sheep on the right, Scott McMahon on the, le- on the left, who we'll get to as well. But the two centre-halves as well, they'll put their head on absolutely everything. And it's it's like boys that just enjoy being defenders. And when I seen the boy Jordan White come on, I just thought, well, you knew what was coming, eh? And it was just bah, ban, ban. And then the boy hits the post, then they've got the offside, and that's where it's coming back to... We need a two, we need a second, but we probably then need a third. But yeah. two sides we're getting to see of our team, which is great. I thought about uh, Ryan Edwards for me, he's, he is outstanding. He's the best centre and a half we've had, I think, since Roger. But I look back, he's that type of defender. He just, like you said, Ronnie, loves the tackle, loves the head boys. You know, he's, he's, yeah, he's and, a defender. That's what he is. He is, he is. And he's, uh, he's so reliable when, when it's a ball in the air. And him and um, Mulgrew, they complement each other brilliantly because 
I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to say who's the better of the two, but they're both fantastic when you put them together. And then you've got McMahon on the left, who he's been a revelation since signing. Like he really has. He had a, a good debut. He had a good second game, and I'm still thinking eh, it's early doors, but he's he's so consistent and he's consistently good. You go to the right hand side of the defence. You've got Sheep, and he gives you everything. He gives you everything all the time. Uh, and the energy that he brings to the team and that side of the pitch is, is absolutely fantastic. So if you want to go back to throwing me under the bus about here and go at the manager leaving out Kerr Smith, I think that's an easy decision for Tom Courts to make. I think when Liam Smith gets fit, I think there's a decision to be made because mm-hmm. I, I don't see that there's that much between them, if I'm being totally honest. And that's not a slight on Liam Smith. That's me speaking up about Kieran Freeman. I, I think he's... He's just as good as Liam, and he he brings exactly what what we are needing brought to the team just now. I think he brings more going forward. For me, quite, quite possibly, yeah. But more going forward, uh, Liam's quite often is cut back and, and play it square. First thought is. and I, yeah. I think we, we mentioned Scott McMahon and. Same, we've we've no been over the top on our praise of him, but just a little bed in a little bit, but. I said yesterday to somebody, and I didn't actually think I'd say this year, but um, I got asked yesterday what I thought of him in compared to Jamie Robson. And it, it, to no talk ill of Jamie, I just think Jamie had been at the club too long and I think he needed a fresh challenge. I think mm-hmm. if Scott McMahon comes in when Jamie's there, Jamie will up his game because there's real competition. But the fact that it's been one for one going out, and we've kind of got an unknown quantity given that we didn't, well, I certainly hadn't seen much of Hamilton last year. I just looked at his stats and went, well, he's been there a while, he's played a lot. But now I look and go, he's played three, four, five games, whatever it is, and I think he could have been playing in the championship this year. Like that, that the standard he's brought to the team going forward in the back, he's been man of the match for the sponsors the last couple of weeks. I'm not sure how I don't think he was the best player in either of them, and that's no talking ill of him because I thought he was very good. Or he just likes Dundee United Gin, because that's where they get for man of the match. I don't know. But he has been just a brilliant upgrade on what we had. And Jamie would give everything every week. This boy seems to be giving us everything and more, which is really, really impressive. Yeah, I'm talking about there, Ronnie. I'm, the, the listeners will be able to see. I'm watching Rebecca's face in the in the screen here because we made the exact same conversation yesterday. And she would hear a word said against you. I just can't talk back, <laughs> Jamie Robson. I just like it reminds me a bit of me. Like he's been with United through just the total shit times. He's been like yeah. that constant and every single week when you had all these players coming in who just, you could tell they didn't want to be there. They didn't care about playing for United. He played, he gave it everything every single week and I just, I can't say anything bad about him. Like I just... can't even admit he's an upgrade. No. <laughs> even though I'm so glad we have Scott McMahon and I do... Good, but I, I can't see it. Yeah. I, I just think it's one of them. I just think Jamie, had, he'd been so long, didn't have, didn't get much competition. I think it was pretty evident. No, but, but we saw Jamie like from the get go, yeah. whereas we're getting Scott McMahon. We, I don't know what he was like at 17, 18, 19. Mm-hmm. He might have been as up and down as Jamie Robson was, yeah. but Jamie, th- this season, Jamie Robson started fantastically. Yeah, that's that's no in doubt. But of course, he went through dips in forum, but Christ, the whole club went through dips in forum. And what a send-off. What a send-off. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I think Robson as well got so much unmerited stick. Like, he was always kept 
for the first dodge you pass, you had in the game, the crowd was on him. Like, you've got some players who've just got so much leeway, and he got none. And I yeah. just felt so bad for that. Like, you know, he's. I'll, I'll always think, have a soft spot for him because I just feel so bad. Well, that, that, that's coming across loud and clear. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. I mean, at least Paul's took the Eugene Hart's posters now that he doesn't like them so much. But um, no, I just think it's one of them. And it, I think he needed a fresh start. He's got that. Seems to be settling in, doing well. And then we've got a player in that has proved that he's going to be a, a huge addition to the to the squad, which which is massive. Um We've done it the last couple of weeks, Paul, but uh, mm-hmm. another questionable refereeing performance, this time by the Don Robertson. Yeah, in a word, loping. But to, <laughs> to, be, to be fair to the assistant referee, we'll start on a positive. Uh, the offside goal, it was incredibly tight, but it was offside. So uh, fantastic. Hats off. Obviously, it worked in our favour, but hats off to him. He made, a, he made a tough decision and he got it right. The referee... Again, I just I just shake my head at some of the things that I seen, like booking Benji when Benji was just walking over because he's the captain, and I think that's like it's not a it's not a duty of the captain, but surely that if anybody's allowed to go and say that ref, what was that for, or, or just query something, it's got to be the captain. And he didn't run over; he wasn't shouting and screaming like you see half of the the pop star football players on the TV shouting at the ref, and he just he just booked him. That was petulance for the ref. It's pathetic. There was a couple of instances with Jordan White and uh, Ryan Edwards. And like you, you obviously, you love that sort of battle. And it was a battle. You, you know you're going to be in that sort of, that tussle when you come up against Jordan White. Because as limited as he is, he puts himself about, he makes himself a nuisance. He's the and type he of player a, we would hate. Maybe know him, but he's the type. Well, he, no, listen, listen, listen. Here is it, right? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Listen, I'm not tugging at the Jamie Robson heartstrings here. I'm just telling you, when you're a player like that, that's going to be a bastard in the opposition box and put himself about. That's that is. I'm just saying. Just know him. Know him. him. I just said that. No, that's fine. Then we agree on that. Then Ah, we agree on that. But what about when he pushed Ryan Edwards? That was just a way. Hands in the back. Come on. It was. It was. It was funny. I was watching the incident because. Ryan Edwards, it looked like he was running off a crocodile. He was zigging, zagging in a hand because he was just going wherever Jordan White was going. And then he's just pushed him with two hands. Mm. Now, you can't do that. He pushed him into the keeper. You just can't do that. It's, it's, it's madness. Eh? The, the referee just absolutely stinking yet again. Andy, what did you make yeah. of the Peter Pollock yellow card? Uh, the, the funny, Martin, Martin again said to me, right, just before it happened, Pollock will get booked today. Uh, Don Robertson doesn't like him. Doesn't like him, and it was it was just ridiculous. And all it went quiet. I thought yesterday after that, but I think he was waiting on the sending off again. Aye. Yeah, yeah. And it's I hate speaking about the whole thing, but it's, we've just not been helped. Like, whether if this apparently evens itself out, like after not getting the penalty um, last week, and obviously people are saying, ah, but he should have blew for a foul for before that. Well, he never. Doesn't mean he shouldn't have no give the penalty. And then yesterday when, like when Jordan White, cause he pushes on with his hands, that's a book. And for what I, I'm led to believe is the rules, that should be a booking. That's no a nudge. Hands. It's two it's hands. Two hands. Like, <laughs> and you, he booked Benji. Do you remember him blowing his whistle on Benji? I hurry up when Benji had to go and get the ball because there was no ball boy there. 
or ball girl, yeah. sorry. But he didn't he didn't hurry up their keeper. No. Their keeper was time wasting when they went one hundred. <laughs> no, that was weird. Oh, an, idiot, an idiot. My old man behind me was shouting, Dal Murphy's ass. I was like, hey, Dad, we're one hundred up. You can talk all day if you want. I'm not really caring. But again, the time waste, and I've said it before, I didn't care if players time waste because they're gonna try and push the limits. The ref's got to do something about it though. He's he's there watching it. And it's the same old story. The refs seem to wait until it's like 10 minutes for the end of the game before they actually think, no, I better book this boy. Hey, what we him early? And if he's doing it in the 20th minute, then get a book out and he'll not keep doing it. No. I'd love to yeah. see a keeper sent off for two yellow cares for time wasting this season. I'd we love to seeing, see that. We were seeing that early. Booking a keeper early was. Yeah. Happening nice in the game. But there was a wee bit with Benji. When Benji went down and up with his class, there's something on, you know, that's that knee one again. And, yeah. Right. And then when he got up, he just turned around and went to the stand as if uh, okay. I was doing. It was brilliant. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think he can. He, he knew what he was doing for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I, I fed up speaking about referees and hopefully it does settle itself uh, out as well. But um, obviously there's one... No, listen, the three points are huge. Let's just settle that just now. It's another massive three points because like we said... You can, get, you can beat Rangers, you can get a draw with Celtic guy you like, four points out of these six. If you done a beat teams like Ross County and all that type of thing and you're done these of the world, then, you know, it's not going to be, it, it could be a long season. But we've done it. We're in a relatively good place, let's say, at the top. Fifth place, eight games from 14 points. We've we no scored as many goals as we'd like, but we have won the games. Um, are you paid up members of Tam Coach Tangerine Army now are you convinced or are you still waiting for how it goes after a couple of defeats Andy I'm convinced I'm convinced well I'll qualify it as he's better than what's gone before so in that, from that viewpoint I'm, I'm buying into it um, he, you hear him getting interviewed and you think you know it's, it becomes very wordy and he Talks at a million miles an hour, like he's, he thinks I've got to stay a million times before the camp and uh, switches off on me. But just what he's putting out in the team and the players seem to buy into him. That's the main thing for me. I watch these players, and these players are, uh, you know, they, you said it earlier on, I think they, they put a shift in. They, you know, they, every week they look as though they're not, even against him to be one down. You know, I'm still thinking, back in this game, because the players are putting a shift in for him. And that's all you can ask. They look together, um, and I and I questioned that. I thought that he'll get the, you know, as soon as things are maybe wrong after the Aberdeen game. Uh, you know, who are you anyway? You've not played that sort of thing. professional footballers, and they not have bought into them. Yeah. So if they buy into them, I'll buy into them. Yeah, Rebecca. Before before I ask you your opinion, I'm just looking back at your track record with managers. Now, given we collective old boys all got to see. Jim McLean, Ivan Golak, bring trophies here. Your manager history with United is Jackie McNamara, Mixu Patalainen, Ray McKinnon, Shabba Laszlo, Robbie oh. Nielsen, Mickey Mellon, Tam Quartz, and if you want to include caretakers, Laurie Ellis, <laughs> Gordon Young, Dave Bowman. Where does your rank amongst them? I mean, it's not been great, has it? But I have to admit, I still am of the opinion that Jackie would have turned it around. I was a big Jackie fan. I get a lot happened, but I think a lot of that actually came from the boardroom more than it came from Jackie. So he's maybe still my number one, but 
Hancock's is definitely better than the rest, isn't it? <laughs> well <laughs> said. Made that. Um, and I have to say, just what see his gesture yesterday at the end of the game. That to me was it shows a real manager. See to to go out and stand up for something like that and just have your players back. I think it shows a lot of character, especially when you get other managers to try and shy away from speaking about topics that they think are uncomfortable or controversial. I think like it showed a lot for him to go out and do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Listen, we, 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 it's certainly someone we, we kind of have to mention. I'll come back to you and get your man the match for yesterday because you've, you've mentioned the incident. The club are obviously looking into the alleged comment from the fans, which is aimed at Jean de Fuchs. Um, it obviously happened uh, just as we scored the goal. So at the time, I thought he was getting tell off because he'd either went off and got a water bottle on or something because it was it was hard to really work out what was going on. And then the referees went over to him and I thought, well, he's maybe what a book him here because you just, you don't know what's going on at the time. And then at half time, it was starting to circulate what had happened and you're just thinking, how? Like with such a, such a small crowd as well, I couldn't believe it. Um, but it's something they have to, they have to look into, you know, and that was at the end. I never saw the incident at the end when he, had the t-shirt. I saw him throw the t-shirt in the crowd right at the end. Yeah. Um, but some of it after afterwards, where the what the opposition manager has said in his press conference is unbelievable. Like, yeah, that that is uh, it's not as disappointing as as what somebody has apparently said or allegedly said. But don't know what was said. Like we're we're absolutely guessing. But uh, but Malky Mackay to to come out and say. Oh well, that was an interesting stance that Tam took. Really, I think that's an interesting stance that that you're taking that way. Like, if now if he's if he's honest, he probably he probably didn't hear it. If he did, and if he didn't hear it, just come out and say, oh, I can't really comment. I didn't hear it. But but if something has been said, then that's bang out order. But he was more concerned about what Tam got a bloody t-shirt for. What, what does it? What does that even matter? Where he's got a t-shirt from? If somebody's racially abused anybody. What what what's the thought process for him thinking I'm going to pull him up about that T-shirt? What, what, is this premeditated? No, it's not premeditated. It's bang out order his comments after the game, like yeah. bang out order, uh, and it's also bang out order if somebody has been racial abusing anybody. It, it's also the fact uh, that he, he says things like he, he said, "Oh, um, there were stewards sitting there, and they never heard this. There was medical people sitting there, and they never heard it. Um, it's been a bit of confusion. It's been misheard." Just take take the stance, regardless if you've heard it or no. If it needs to be investigated, just we'll look into it. We're not sure what's happened, but then I just add fuel to the fire. Going, I wonder why he's got that T-shirt. I mean, that's really interesting. The incident happened in the thirty-first minute. You know, yeah. this is this is sure racism. Racism, the red card has been around uh, and been. I've mentioned it at loads of games, and we've done loads. Of, then I tell me there's not a box someplace with those T-shirts in there or whatever. Of you know. Of course there is. But I said to Dad before we started because I knew this conversation would come up and I said to him, I was like, it's something I feel so passionately about. So I said to Dad, I was like, kick me if I'm going off too far in one. You just kicked you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, because we, we came home and we were speaking about it last night when it started coming out on Twitter what Malky McKay was saying and stuff. And my... Um, I'm trying to say the clean version of what I've said about him, but I just think that for someone who has had a proven track record 
to be a racist. Like, there's no trying to deny he was or he wasn't. It came out he was. He even... First, he got another job, which, to me, I think... I get people say, you know, you educate yourself, you grow, you learn. And maybe people do deserve a second chance. But that just proves he's learned nothing. He's still a racist. Sorry. (laughs) Allegedly. Allegedly. But regardless of whether it happened or not, as a manager and having that platform, it's an issue that isn't going to go away unless people do talk about it and do raise awareness of it. So all he had to say was, I don't know if it happened, but there's no place for it if it did happen. And we as a club and him as a person do not stand by it. Yeah, that's that's, exactly. All he's doing is enabling it. And people with any sort of voice, they have even more of a... Almost to be the one to call it out. It was an easy thing when asked the question yesterday for him to say, look, it's not something that I'm aware of amongst our fan base. If something's been said, we absolutely will deal with it. That, that's all he had to say that all time court on its incredible. No, it's unbelievable. I could not believe that he was more concerned about where Tam got a T-shirt set. I thought it was. Um, I thought the image. The image was really powerful with Tam as well. I thought it was incredible for him. Listen, it's something that, like you touched on, Rebecca. You know, it's getting managers didn't need to do that. You know, they could just play it down. But that was a massive statement from him. That listen, the players went to, for what I got, for what I believe. The players went to the bench. The bench of them went to the fourth official. The fourth officials then went to the referee. The referee then spoke to Jondo. And they've obviously had this conversation. And they'll, if it's happened, I've no doubt the club will rally around and there'll be massive support and we should be going down the next. It's no acceptable and all this and unacceptable conduct and you should be banned and all this kind of stuff. But to see your manager with the T-shirt up in front of their fans, incredible. Unprompted. It's spur of the moment and it's, because he believed yeah. in his heart that was the right thing to do. And, it, and I think we all agreed it was the right thing to do. Mm. It's a unique measure, doesn't it? You, you, yeah. You say the number of times you hear managers who didn't see it, didn't hear it, didn't do whatever, he's actually called out. I think it's a big statement from him. But yeah, massive. I, I think it's, a, it's also in a bizarre way. It, it, it'll be a making of him with the fan base as well. Mm. Everybody can stand behind it and think, oh, we've got a fair leader. Yeah. Yeah, we are 100%. all John Doe Fuchs for sure. Um, <laughs> right, let's, let's let's finish off looking back at the match in a more uh, kind of positive manner. Uh, Paul, you first, man of the match. I'm going to get to the boy who likes the gin, the boy that got the gin, the boy for Hamilton, Scott McMahon. All right, Andy. You know it's, it's hard because the first half we were so good, and the second half we were kind of kind of hanging on. But yeah, I, th- I, I think I've got Scott McMahon as well. Rebecca, that's two. two. Jamie, Jamie Robson. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm going to go... She's definitely going to give it to Scott McMahon. I'll tell you that right now. No, I'm not. I'm actually not. Um, I'm going to go Fuchs. I just think he does the work no one else wants to do. He mm. chases down every single lost cause. And even if he loses a ball, 
he'll go back and he'll keep going to get it back. He doesn't just do that whole, oh, hands up, like, oh, I can't believe I lost it and, like, mm-hmm. not try and get it back. So I'm going to go Fuchs. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going for Ian, I'm going for Ian Harks. I thought he was brilliant yesterday. I thought he was really good behind strikers. His pass rate was incredible. His assist for the goal, it's another tick for him, but I thought he was really, really good. Really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, again, positive, like we said, the, w- the way things have been going. No game for us to preview for uh, next week. Before we let you guys go and we can continue on and bore ourselves to sleep with the epic loan report, I'm sure it's coming round. Um, Andy, you first. Uh, have you got our favourite game and your time of watching United that you've been at that you would love to relive again. Yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've, I'm lucky. I've been to so many of them. Do you know, I've, I was fortunate enough to, to be at Roma, to, to, to be at München Gladbach, most times, and watch us beat Werder Bremen, watch us beat Monaco. You know, all these games, I'm, I'm lucky enough to be at them all. But the one that, that always sticks in my head is the season we won the league. We went up to the project, we'd been beaten by Vaniki Nish on the Wednesday night. We went up to the Dodge. They'd just beaten Munich, I think, on the on the Wednesday night in the Cup Winners Cup season they won it. And we won two one up there. Ralph scored them both. What yeah. sent off? Mm-hmm. The beach end and the beach end bounced and it was full. And yeah. we had that old beach end and the old benches in there. And we were just magnificent. And I think that's the game that won us the league. No, I know we went on to Parkhead a couple of weeks later and won, but um, I think I can't remember if we actually went to the top of the league that day, or certainly it, it put us right in it because um, Aberdeen and Celtic were both ahead of us at that point in time, and we were just magnificent. Ralph was just. Mm-hmm. How good was the beach end, by the way? Oh, it was the best away day. It was the that best way to collapse. I was I was only there maybe twice before they obviously they moved us to the side and then they built that big stand behind the goal. You'll not remember the beach end, Rondo. Yeah, the two young ends here. We don't remember that. I mean, come on, it's before the time. Two young ends. You just have to make your way over that hill as well and the way back to the buses yep. and stuff. And it was yeah. Bedlam. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Good times. Uh, well, well, you're on that, Andy. Favorite way ground? Did you put Petardry up there? Um. Well, we're at the beach end now. No, it's terrible now. You can't see and it's yeah. hopeless. What would you go for now? Thank you. Thank What an away day. Such a good yeah. away day, Thank Castle, for sure. Yeah. Um, Rebecca, I mean, you've you've got a bit of a shorter year span there uh, to pick a favourite game. What, you, what would yeah. you I'm go for? I'm thinking the Iron Brew Cup final is going to get mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to... Probably a bit of a unique one. Uh, Ross County away... I think it was the quarter-final of the Cup. We won 3-2, down to 10 men. What an away day that was. Mark Burnham got sent off. Yep. I, Great game. As will tell you, I, sometimes I get a bit carried away. I like winding the other fans up mm-hmm. and see just after the game, like walking back to the buses, like just winding the county fans up. Yeah. Shame on you. That's all they've got. <laughs> we go with my cousins as well. And um, me and my cousin were walking down and this is just old man from Ross County raging. It's absolutely <laughs> freaking me. And uh, me and my cousin were just walking down the road, like singing a song. And he turned around and he was like, oh, Dundee scum. And honestly... See just the rest of the walk. <laughs> I did him up. It just—it was such a good day. 
Uh, yeah. That was Hen- Henry Anyer scored too, did he? The Lima Sky or something. That was, that was oh, a great away day. That I mean, was absolute bedlam behind that. I mean, we are, we are yeah. talking some shite players during this period, I'll tell you. Oh, we <laughs> were. My Lord. We were, huh? Uh, right, so. What's that? A win's a win. Oh, well. Okay. We take it. Oh, fine. Um, right, last one for uh, before we let you go to uh, both of you. Andy, we'll start with you. Um, hopes, aspirations, dreams for the rest of this season? European qualification. That's a European away day. Two of us can travel to Europe and, and just enjoy it. That's, that's for me. It's a European away day. Yeah, okay. So that's fifth and above, we think, eh? But we're probably needing fourth just to book it. I, I think fifth will get, unless somebody else wins. I'd love to win a cup again, but Europe, Europe will be great. Yeah. Bobby, you're Rebecca. European trip. Yes. And we're winning the Scottish Cup. Oh, then. <laughs> There we go. No, done that since you've followed. Well, I mean, we've uh, we've shut the bed that day when it happened, but it's a uh, it's a brilliant day. Oh and God, I, I was I was there for that, but no, we're winning the Scottish Cup yeah. this year. Yes, oh, excellent. Uh, listen, thanks very much, you guys, for coming on and, and and telling us a bit more about your tangent journey. And it's it's always an interesting one that you know somebody from uh, on the west follows not a team close to you. Uh, and you follow United, which is, uh, I'm assuming every game's like an away day for you, really. Although you've, I mean, what's a home game at you? Motherwell, stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. Motherwell's literally five minutes down the road. Okay. So you'll be looking forward to that. Well, we were gutted. We were gutted with the Motherwell games are Wednesday night in December. We were thinking, great, we'll just, you know, scoot down to town and have a a few drinks before the game and whatnot. It's a Wednesday night now in December. Yeah. It's on TV as well, so if you can't be asked. <laughs> yeah, a wet, a wet, everyone needs a midweek wet night in, in uh, Motherwell for sure. Uh, but yeah, listen, uh, I think we are the same. I, th- I think it, the early signs are very good. Uh, if we can finish where we are just now, brilliant. I think top six for me is certainly the minimum. With a cup run, I thought the League Cup, you know, we were 90 minutes for Hamden. It'd be good in the Scottish to go that one bit further and get a day, especially with fans, because we said it the other week, eh, that game against Hibs last year, watched on the TV, for Hamden, when nobody there was... It's nothing else. Yeah. And, and well, well, just final point then. How good has it been being back at Tanadice instead of watching it on the TV?
on Saturday evenings. Well, say that say the nine maidens or something. Maybe what what what, uh, what was that said? Plate. Yes. Well, well, I hadn't I hadn't had much to eat all day. In fairness, uh, so I was at nine maidens last night at Darren Martin and Gail. I forget Gail something, but they're both Arabs. Gail McGowan. Yep. So it was Darren. Shouldn't and Gail it be Martin? Engagement. So. Uh, possibly, yeah, should be. <laughs> well, possibly, possibly well, should be. What have you found out? Come on. So uh, <laughs> no distracting. How how was the plate? And what was on it? Well, it was it was it was a little bit embarrassing to be honest with you because obviously as soon as I go in, the first thing I look for is like where's the buffet, and then like where's the bar, where's the toilet, stuff like that. But buffet's top of the list, so I spotted it. But it was at the stage where it was still covered up with cling film, and if I'm being honest. I was I was immediately disappointed because it was laid out on three tables, but it was only one table was covered with food. So I, I was like, surely, surely they're expecting more than that. Uh, but about half an hour later, the hot food came out, the pies, the sausage rolls, the chicken nuggets, the, the chicken wings. Oh my goodness, Ron. So I went to town. I, I had something that resembled the O2 arena sitting in front of us. It was just ridiculous, but it was absolutely delicious. I was starving though. So whoever's dubbed us in, you're a prick. Good times. I'm glad I remember to mention that. <laughs> <laughs> right, so let's a uh, couple of things we need to fire through because um, it's, it's 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 a big episode already, rightly so. Ian Hark's the Cinch Premiership Player of the Month for September. You've already mentioned that you didn't think he was the best player of, of what it was, but the reason I mention it is it's the first time the top flight accolade has gone to a United player since... Since podcast, pal, I was away to say February 2016. 2016. No, I'm lost. Paul Payton, Pates. So he did. I was thinking Butcher won it last, and no, last season must have been in the championship. I'm sure yeah. Butch won it, but uh, nah, fair. Anytime United player wins something like that, it's it's fantastic, yeah, but just. On a personal level, uh, I didn't think he was even our best player I, last year, and that is not me taking away anything from him. In general, uh, I, I think in, I think you've general. just fell out of love with him. I generally think someone's gone no, on there. It's, I've, no, it's not that I have fallen in to love with oh. Jean Fuchs. Ah, of course, a man can do no wrong. <laughs> he's, he's incredible for us. I just think he's the best player on the park missed weeks. Yeah. Um, we've been advised, obviously, two cinch premiership fixtures uh, changes due to TV selection. The away match that was we mentioned with uh, Rebecca and Andy just in the road for them, that's been moved for Wednesday, 1st December, Tuesday the 30th at 7.45. And a match at home, Celtic, uh, on Saturday 4th of December. That'll now be played Sunday the 5th of December. The only saving grace there, Mr McNichol. It's a 12 noon kick-off. Uh, both fixtures yeah. will be broadcast on Sky Sports and at the start of the week I think it was uh, United announced that Tanner Dice will host two forthcoming Scotland home 21-23 UEFA European under 21 championship qualifying matches in November Scotland v Kazakhstan that's on the 12th with a 5 o'clock kickoff, and Scotland v Belgium on the 16th with a 7 5 kickoff. I've no idea if, I'm, if I need to work these things or if I, need, I can go as a fan because I've booked the afternoon half work because I finish at five o'clock for yeah. that day, regardless. And it's just good to see, isn't it? Brilliant. And to make sure that you do get the gig, just tap the microphone in with you after the next United game. Just, yep. just do that. Just tap that on with And then you'll get the shout. <laughs> Don't let anybody use your microphone, run. No one needs times of COVID. 
Exactly. Um, tickets will be eight pound and three pound respectively. Full details uh, to be announced in due course. And I think I was saying to you actually during the week, Paul, that I'm pretty sure they do. They do or they should. The SFA do a lot with the schools to get a really good crowd in for that. Mm-hmm. Because when you look down the squad, I mean, it was only a little while ago. Boys like Billy Gilmore in the twenty ones and some really yeah. good players coming through. So that that is certainly a good end, and hopefully we can get decent crowds for both of them. I think obviously given how the Belgium main team is. I'd imagine their under-21s will be pretty tasty as well. So um, that's going to be oh, quite yeah. good. As um, the Scotland drew one all in the first qualifier away to Turkey at the start of September. They're currently placed third behind group leaders Belgium and Denmark in group, I think it's group uh, I, uh, in their bid to reach the 2023 finals to be held in Romania and Georgia. Here's a wee talking point that uh, we could have discussed with our guests for a lot time as well I don't want to dwell too much on this VAR for or against I'm not a fan of it but it's coming in it's whether it happens this year next year or the year after it's coming in and the reason I'm not a fan of it is just because of the the implementation that we saw last season down in England more than anything where Christ it seemed like every time there was a goal scored you were you were probably best not to celebrate it at the time it was taking away a bit of the spontaneity of the hill the reason that we all love football, when your team scores, you can lose your mind, get upside down and end up four rows away. It was kind of no point in doing that if two seconds later or two minutes later, you're what I get to tell, ah, that goal didn't stand. You end up looking like a daft on the fan on the pitch celebrating something that's not happened. So it's it's coming in. It's just hopefully when it does come in, we'll get it fine-tuned. And In fact, it's not even the system, if I'm being honest, right? it's the operators and the people that like interpret the way that's that the rules meant to be interpreted and whatnot. So mm. I, I, I don't particularly like it, but it's there's nothing we could do about it. It's going to happen. No, totally. Um, players leaving this week. Mark Conley's went to Dunfermline. Finn Robson's went to Spartans on loan, which brings us around to everyone's favourite part of the podcast. And I hope there's an honorary mention for the <laughs> Den Spark Donadone who left us and is uh, still producing the goods despite results yesterday. <laughs> There's absolutely no mention of him in Melbourne report, but once I'm finished, you can crack on with a wee, a wee spiel about him if you want, the assist king of, uh, of Dens Park. Anyway, Mark Connolly and Ross Graham at Dunfermline. Connolly headed out to Fife this week to start his loan spell, joining young Ross Graham at East End Park until January, and he was thrust straight into action as his Dunfermline side travelled to Kirkcaldy for the Fife derby. It was a match in which he has started at the heart of the defence for Peter Grant's men and Ross has had to make do with a spot on the bench. For Wraith that night, Kai Fotheringham was also on the bench to start the match. Connolly has played the full match in midweek, and his team are continuing to struggle. The match finished one all. Ross Graham never got any game time, and Kai Fotheringham got on for the last seven minutes. On a Saturday now, in the pars headed for Dumfries in a match against Queen of the South side that hadn't won at home this season. Once again, there was no Ross Graham in the squad, which was no surprise to me because I actually seen him at Tanadice as I was coming into the ground yesterday. But Connolly did play and did get the whole match. It was a continuation of their current form, however, and they've once again lost 1-0 to an 85th-minute winner from Queen's. I'm not sure how much longer that Peter Grant will get, but I'd imagine that Connolly will keep his place for the time being. As for Big Ross Graham, who knows what's going to happen there. Hopefully he can get back into the team and get some minutes under his belt. We've got Nathan Cooney at Elgin, Kai Fotheringham at Wraith, and Reese Caves at Airdrie. All three of them were unused subs yesterday, so I'm not going to bore you with the scores for the games. 
that takes us up the road, Flynn Duffy at Peterhead. A superb display from the blue tune on Saturday with some fine attacking, ball on the deck, football in a very windy affair which proved very difficult for both teams. Flynn started the game at left-back and nullified any threat from Dumbarton's right-hand side, whilst probing forward with his seniors in midfield, Ferry and Brown. The second half started the same way as the first, with Peterhead scoring a goal from some fine interchanging play down the left. Peterhead took full advantage of the wind and played some lovely football. Flynn was moved into the middle of the park and proceeded to collect the ball on the right, and with a driving run, he split the Dumbarton defence with a curling right foot pass for Josh Mulligan to score a magnificent fourth goal. A late penalty for their captain, Scott Brown, no that in, stealed a very entertaining afternoon. Another fine 90-minute display from Young Duffy and a 5-0 win for Peterhead to boot. Lennon Walker, Jack Newman and now Finn Robson at the Spartans. Of the three players that we have loaned to the Spartans, only Jack Newman started this one. In what was a comfortable 4-1 win for the Spartans, there was an interesting incident in the first half though. Spartans took the lead in apparent dubious and controversial fashion. Something has happened in the lead-up to the goal they've scored. Officials from the Spartans, however, have then reviewed what has happened and have instructed their players to allow Gretna to score a goal to level things up. Sportsmanship run. What is it about? Into the second half, and the Spartans have went into cruise control. They've went in a 4-1 lead, and in the 66th minute, young Finn has come on to make his debut for them. He's came on, shown some nice touches, and helped his side see the game out. Lennon has had to make do with a spot on the bench for the full 90 minutes. My question to you on that end, Ron, are we giving Jack Newman a clean sheet for that? What do you think? Do we need to be harsh or do we just give him it anyway? I mean, if the managers tell him to let the boy put the back clean of his sheet. legs, it's, it's no on him. Clean sheet. Clean sheet. Right. Well done, Jack. Adam Hutchison at University of Stirling. Finally, Adam has found himself back in the start lineup for Stirling Uni as they travelled to face Vale of Leithen on Saturday. He started the game and defended very well in the opening stages as he has helped his side to a 2-0 half-time lead. That wasn't to be the end of the scoring, though. Stirling Uni would go on to score another two goals by the 76th minute, but then, after that, both teams decided to simply stop defending. One thing I'll say is that Adam played the full 90 minutes. The other thing I'll add, the final score was 6-3 Stirling Uni. Some ending. Rory Adams at Lothian Thistle Hutchie Vale. It wasn't a rosy day for Hutchie Vale and Linlithgow yesterday with a performance that reflected the weather. The previous encounter in Edinburgh had ended 2 all, but Rose went into the game on the back of a three-game winning streak. Linlithgow started applying the pressure from the off and scored from just outside the six-yard box on a one-on-one when their winger broke through the Hutchie defence. <clears throat> Excuse me. Shortly after, Rury tipped a goal-bound header over the bar after a sweeping move down the left was crossed into the box, keeping Hutchie in the game. Although Rose continued to take advantage of the space on the wings, the first half ended 1-0. Rose were again on the front foot in the second half and seemed to cope better with the worsening conditions. They've gone on to score two more goals, similar to the first, with attackers breaking through the defence and scoring one-on-one. Unfortunately for Rury, it was one of those days when you're just beaten by the better team. Still, mere experience for him. Sean Brown at the Cumbernauld Colts. After last week's disappointing defeat in the Scottish Cup up in Buckley, it was back to league business for Sean and his Colts this weekend. They travelled to face the Caledonian Braves, but Sean dropped down to the bench for this one. He didn't have long to wait and got on the pitch, however, as he was subbed on in the 18th minute due to an injury. It wasn't the best game for Sean, though, as his team were beaten 3-0. 
meaning it's back-to-back defeats now for the Colts. The Academy boys. This past Friday, the young team have travelled through to the West Coast to play Rangers at Murray Park. The game didn't start too well for the lads, however, and they found themselves 2-0 down in 30 minutes. They did manage to claw back a goal just before half-time, though, when we were amazingly awarded a penalty for a foul on the ever-impressive Rory McLeod, which Finn Malcolm duly dispatched. Into the second half then, and the lads just couldn't get back into the game. Instead, conceding once more in the 90th minute to head back to Dundee on the back of a 3-1 defeat. The women's team. After the ladies drew last week in Glasgow to remain top of the league, they have a free week, fixture-wise, but that doesn't mean that they have been having a quiet one this week. Earlier in the week, it was announced that Graham Hart has been confirmed in post as the official manager of the site. He's held the position on an interim basis since the summer, when Gavin Beath jumped ship, or should that be sheep, as he made his way up the A90 to become Aberdeen ladies manager. All the best to Graham in his role. From what we hear, he's very well liked and respected, and he could hardly have gotten off to a better start. That wasn't the only piece of the news this past week, however. It was also announced on Friday that the team had signed German national Luisa Balach. I think it's Balach, Ron. It might be Balach, might be Balach, might be Bollach. I really don't care. The midfielder is studying in Scotland and has linked up with United for the rest of the season and she'll be hoping to get some action next weekend when the team face off against Boromir. On the women. <laughs> um, so I, I generally was listening when you were speaking there, but did you mention that the Academy has a new sponsor? Did not. Good. Um, the club have welcomed Graham Pest Control to the new main sponsor of the Academy. Uh, the two-year partnership will see the Blair Gowrie-based company have a major presence throughout the club's evolving Academy programmes and support the development of the young players, which I think is always a good deal to see things like that happening. Um, five players from the club's 1983 Championship winning squad have accepted an invitation by the Dundee United Sports Foundation to become honorary members. Uh, if you would like to join Paul Hegarty, John Riley, John Holt, Hamish McAlpine, Morris Malpass, and fellow Arabs, you can go to dusf.scot forward slash pledge. Subscriptions start at £10 per month for adults, 250 for juniors. If you require any further information, you can find out more at the website uh, or email info at dusf.scot and you can be united and join the foundation. Uh, the United Futures run a competition run. I think they should run a competition, the, the Supporters Foundation. Okay. Because we're we're getting close to 1983 members, aren't we? I like it. The, the, I mean, the, the, it will encourage sign-ups, hopefully. Just just a wee giveaway. Just something. Heggy at your house or something. Something something daft. <laughs> it's nothing, nothing more daft than buying a carpet just so Heggy will come. So there we go. Well, that works. Uh, the United Futures Lottery jackpot's not been uh, one of... Oh, actually, that could be a complete Dode Fox fact category there because I never checked that uh, oh, nope still £2,000 so uh, there you go yeah. uh, so we'll start that again the United Futures Lottery Jackpot has not been won on Friday so it'll be £2,000 the next draw the Elite 50-50 match day draw for yesterday uh, first prize £720 went to ticket number 154942 they were in the ground and the second prize of 240 quid. Ticket number 112497 was won online. If you're one of the winners and you don't know yet, you can collect your cash for the club shop. Uh, you can sign up and get the details, unitedlottery.co.uk. Right, just a couple of points of business before we finish things off on this day coming up as well. I've got a wee thing to tell you about the podcast merch, but before that, uh, the runaway leader... 
Paul McNichol, seven points clear right now on Games of Goals. It's five points up for grabs each and every week. You have to match the five players to the amount of games they played or the goals they scored for everyone you get correct. You got a point. And the only resource allowed is the Arab Archive. Have your pen and paper ready. How many can we get the day? How many are you going to get the day? When did you write this, Paul? When do we start recording, Ron? <laughs> one, one o'clock. I finished this at one minute past. Mm-hmm. You did. I did. You did. I did. But hey ho, that that means it's it's so slap dash. I fully expect you to get five out of five here. We'll see. You good? Good. We're good. Okay. The five players today: Ryan Dow. Dow's up. Dusan Pernice. Pernice. Oh, we know his will be appearances. Yep. Maybe. <laughs> Prince Boabin. Oh, look at you. You didn't go back far the day, did you? Boabin, okay. Ray McKinnon. <laughs> Went back far enough. As his management stats. Maybe. And Callum Butcher. Okay. Numbers, let's go. Hit me. The numbers are 13. Oh, shit, got it right. 13, yep. 112. Oh, you bastard, yeah. Yep. 119. Oh, yep. 11. Yep. And 116. Oh, you dirty. Right, run them through there again. So I've got them. What have you got? You tell me what you've got and I'll run you through them. Dow, Pernice, Bobbin, McKinnon, Butcher. Yes. 13, 112, 119, 11 and 116. That is correct, sir. Good luck. You've got 30 seconds. <laughs> Big Dusan, eh? What a signing he was at the time. Yeah. I, know, I, can, I can remember speaking of Diggers and he was like, oh, he was, he was absolutely fantastic. I personally think his form kind of fell away towards the end of his time with us. And he was prone to letting in a long-range strike. Yeah, but, but so was... was uh, uh, do you mean, Rado was like that as well, mind? Yeah, yeah. They'll probably blame the bars these days because they, they move about a lot in the air. But, you know, they should be saving them. Ray McKinnon. How silky was he? Hard-trick of free kicks. Exactly, Patrick of three kicks, and uh, like in in many ways, as a manager, it might not have been the most exciting team that we ever watched. But like we were so unlucky not to get promoted that no. season. We the uh, that that first leg of the final against Hamilton when we got Simon Murray sent off for what should have been a penalty. Uh, that's referee decisions have been going against us forever and a day, Rondo. And Principal Abbott, I mean, where did we pick him up for? Um, Kicking about with his mates in Manchester, yeah, something like that. Unbelievable. These are tough a day, like. But I've, I've, I'm going to hear a gamble. We're going to hear a gamble. Right. We're going to hear a gamble. Come on then. What, what you got for us then, Rondo? Right, Ryan Dow. Yes. Good done deal, that. Good shed boy. Many goals did he score? Do some penalties. Many times did he play? Right, I'm going to go reverse order, right? Because I'm convinced Callum Butcher's made the missed appearances out of that list. Okay. Purely because he's been there twice. So I'm going to go 
Butcher, 119. Okay. Ray McKinnon. Didn't, I didn't actually think played a lot. Like, as much as I think. So okay. it's between him and Dusan for 112 and 116. So let's go... Let's see. Let's do San 116. That's just okay. Which gives McKinnon 100. Oh, Jesus. Wait a minute. Prince Bobin 11. Ryan Dow 13. Prince Bobin 13. Ryan Dow 11. Ryan Dow's meant to be a striker, so let's give him the benefit of the doubt. 13, because I think he was probably there longer. And Prince okay. Bobin, well, must be left with 11, but I didn't even think he scored that many. So you have either made a complete erse of this with your numbers. Because I'll be surprised if Prince Bowman's even scored more than 10. So there we go. Okay, so Ray McKinnon played 122 times for Dundee United and he scored 13 goals. Shit. <laughs> Shit. Callum Butcher yeah. plays or has played 119 times oh, for us. That's one at least. And he's no scored very many. Dusan Pernice has scored absolutely no goals probably in his entire career. <laughs> but he did play 116 games for us. Okay. okay. Ryan Dow played 112 games for us. And the Prince, the man that you doubt, the man that you didn't think has got goals in his game, scored 11 goals. Three. Ah, four points behind. That's that's not a good place yes. to be. Like, that's a good, good place to be. That's not that's a good, good place. As good a place as any to be. That's, that's not a good place to be. That right. Games of goals. Much to everyone's delight. We'll be back next week. Um, right. Podcast merch. Thank you very much to people who have uh, continued to support the podcast. That is very much appreciated. Now, I, I was going to say there've been delays in the mm-hmm. snoods and the hoodies. But what basically happened is I made an air saw it and didn't confirm it. So they'll be here this week and they'll get dispatched hopefully by Friday. All right. So I had my hands up. I oh, I'm, I'm hurting up more than my hands. I'm hurting up a show Castello, the red girl. Uh, it's, uh, well, it's, yeah. So uh, apologies. But if you would like to order yours and get involved, you can do so at doodfoxpodcast.com. Um, thank you very much to the couple of new people that signed up to the newsletter as well. You can sign up there. You get some, you didn't get some exclusive content, but you do tend to find out about stuff. If it comes up during the week and I feel like putting in a newsletter, we'll put it out. So we mentioned a couple of weeks ago about a live episode. That is still the plan, uh, but that come out in the newsletter before it went anyplace else. So that will is in the plan and work. So we'll see what happens, and hopefully we'll have a fun time on a Sunday afternoon or a Sunday night doing the line, and it'll be good fun. Right before we get to on this day, I need to mention two things this week. Right, so on Thursday I was in uh, I was in TK Maxx right because they've got this Halloween dash houndy thing that Claire was wanting to get. So we went to TK Maxx and we had a look and we couldn't find it. But uh, I thought this guy was basically being like me and just trying to look interested when he was getting dragged around the shop, right? So then I found the pet bit. So I was looking for stuff for Harper and couldn't really find anything. And uh, I'd seen the guy a couple of times and it just usual, Ken, men who have been dragged shopping are a, we're, a, we're, a, we're a unique bunch, you know what I mean? We don't want to be there really. Uh, and if we do... 
we want to be things that we're getting frowned upon because I want to be a pair of shoes that were pointy toed and uh, apparently that's not a look. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> I was just minding my own business and uh, this boy just walked past us for about the fourth time and I said to us, was, uh, was uh, love the podcast, mate. And he just went on. I, I didn't get his name. I just said thanks to him and I was like, oh, thanks very much. So hi to you. And then the day... I was golfing this morning. I say golfing. I was hacking around uh, the golf course this morning because my mate's getting married at the end of November. But he's saying a second stag do. So you mind the stag do I went on to Amsterdam that I never got back for and I was delayed. So in two weeks' time, we're having a golf day when it's Hibs away. So I'm not be going to Hibs away. Um, but I've not seen my win there in the last fair visit. So I'm not so fussed about that. Um, so just for the record, Paul, that'll be a later podcast recording on that Sunday. And uh, so we're golfing. So I thought, I'm probably going to play a bit of golf here. So I went on nine holes this morning and uh, we were tatting a wee bit of time like because it's been three and a half years since I've swung a golf club. So uh, I, to, your neighbor. <laughs> I said to these two boys, you boys just want to play through because we are, we are fucking Martin and Erso here, really. And uh, oh, thanks very much. Went, took their drives and I thought, oh, they've done pretty well there. And the boy, the boy walked past, got his clubs and just went, have you not got a podcast to record like... I say, like, well, a point. no, you yeah, a point. one o'clock, uh, but thanks very much. <laughs> and uh, chasing you up, yeah, well, I mean, it was all right, but yeah, that's a few weeks' time, well, so that'll be good. Now, that decent, decent stories. I've got one from yesterday. Mind we, we talked about Ian Jenkins and his nine <laughs> toes. Well, the guy that was sitting next to me yesterday, I think his name's Scott, but he was the person that got in touch with us to confirm it. Uh, I think he must drink we <laughs> we we Jenks or whatever and, and his local boozer. And uh, Jenkins was like, Oh, I'll take a photo of it for you. He's like, No, 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 there's no need for that. But he says he then he then came in to the boozer like a few weeks later with flip flops on it. <laughs> he, he's seen it for his own eyes. So it's his pinky toe. Oh, he's his a, pinky toe that he's Oh, he's wearing flip flops in public. What's going on there? We nine days. <laughs> <laughs> Any, anyway uh, on this day but no, listen uh, I love speaking to people and about, about it just it's been really random places people have said some of this time uh, mm. but I've probably seen his hack around the golf course but no one in my right on this day in association with Arab Archive preserving the history of Dundee United Football Clubs 2006 4th of October is our focus today two games one signing we're off to 1995 today manager Billy Kirkwood made six changes from the side that won at Dens Park Standard as United attempted to reach the final of the League Challenge Cup and their debut in the competition. Stay with me. Stephen Presley had an ankle injury. Billy McKinley had bruised toes, so that kept them out. No, really, he had bruised toes. He didn't play. Jim Bett was rested, and Kellum O'Hanlon took over for Ali Maxwell in the goal. The other Jeez. two uh, to come in were Brian Welsh in defence uh, with Sandy Robertson and Dale Gray. Uh, we dished out a pumping, to be fair. Uh, Hamden Hero Guido van de Camp beaten on four occasions Christian Daly Grant Johnson and a Robbie Williams double securing our place in the final what could possibly go wrong in the Challenge Cup final in 1995 um, uh, I, I don't think so I don't think so I don't think it was allowed Eamon Bannon played in that game he did uh, for, for Stenhouse he Muir. did uh, and absolutely cruised it. Yeah, no, I didn't think I was allowed to go. I was probably grounded or something. Because you're talking 95, 13, but we are so... I, 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 I don't think I missed much, let's be honest. No, no, you said, well, you missed uh, 90 minutes extra time at Bellies. Yeah. Uh, but you didn't really miss that much, no. I'll give you that. Uh, next up, 2008, in a game that podcast pal Lee Wilkie scored for both teams. Um... 
it was an interesting name. Inverness with the visitors to Tanadice. Manager Craig Levine confirmed his satisfaction with last week's win over Hearts. He fielded an unchanged side for the visit of Craig Brewster's men. Headers for John Dale and Lee Wilkie gave United a commanding victory at Tanadice despite an unfortunately own goal from Lee Wilkie, which briefly gave Inverness hope. That was about the last minute. I think we clung on a little bit, but we got the win, uh, winning 2-1 to the good guys. Now, October signings, and I didn't want to tempt fate because there are rumours that we are apparently looking at a striker. I know we've no done a rumour mill the day, but that was the thing and people were putting on Twitter, I saw somebody got, was getting shown rune by Ross Stark yesterday, somebody had the white hoodie on. I seen you the boy... name during the week? <laughs> Oh yeah, the Italian, the, uh, Italian the, the Italian boy, yeah, Andrea Rossini. And you were yeah. what, Google it. It was yeah, it was uh, just moved out the pussy. It yeah. was close. There you are. That's uh, <laughs> class. Uh, so uh, October signings. You know, you're thinking they're unusual in the current climate. Usually, players that kind of get a team are a bit shite. I'm hoping that's not true. Obviously, Tony, we have faith. Come on, get it done. Um, well, this man goes against all of that, and just a year has become an automatic pick, a cult hero. And we are all Jean Do Fuchs, who joined on this day in 2020. I mean, a couple of things. I hope he's no in the fullness of time a cult hero, because that means that he's no one nothing we were. I would like Currently. to see him holding aloft that Scottish Cup at Cur- the end of the season. And how on earth did he know her team? <laughs> how did that happen? Who knows? That's incredible, Ronda. Amazing. Amazing. Incredible. And listen, what a man. What we a should player. enjoy every single game. I think a lot of us, there's probably stuff going on in the background that we didn't know about and that's totally fine, but I think we would all be surprised if him and probably Benji are there next season, just the way the contracts are running, but my word, we should enjoy that boy because he is, and again, like you say, if he is at the end of the season, listen, we might not win a Scottish Cup, but if he gets us into Europe or gets us to that next level to help bring us on, listen. Job done. John done. John Do Fuchs. For Fuchs' sake, what a man. I mean, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And yet again, I didn't want to hard back to yesterday because it is absolutely horrendous. But, you know, it's shown, and again, we've said already, and I'm repeating myself, and we only spoke about this 40 minutes ago. But that image of the manager and his support and standing up, that is our head coach, that is our manager. I'm just no sure mm. we've had in in the past, whatever, it. that would do that. I just didn't. Yeah. You know, and um, but taking away from that and the, all that shitey side of it, and, you know, there is absolutely no place for racism in football and life in general and all that stuff. What a great football player he's turned into. Because I think at the start, mm. it took him a little while to get up to speed. But once he was going through, what, Christmas onwards? Unbelievable. Really? And, and get, yeah, given the team he was playing in, but he was doing a no. lot of the dirty work, whereas this season... Oh, yeah, he's, he's been incredible for us. There's uh, there's no dispute in that. And as you say, just enjoy it, because I'd, I'd be amazed. I'd be amazed if, <laughs> if he ever finds himself unattached to a team in an in October ever again that's just not going to happen eh? mm. he's, he's a special player certainly for us yeah absolutely um, it's international break next week um, are you going? I'm going yeah is it 5 o'clock yeah. or something next Saturday? it's a, a 5 o'clock kickoff. yeah so me, Martin and the kids are heading through again uh, so I'm looking forward to it because uh, it's not often we play as well no no so it's unique <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of unknowns <laughs> totally <laughs> Uh, totally. so it'll, be, it'll either be nothing's up one all or one nothing somebody because that's the way these games usually go so I'm yeah. looking forward to it though a full Hamden 
can't wait to whip out my vaccine passport and uh, and gain access to the stadium. That'll not that long at all. Will it? So I'm gonna gonna head off about half nine in the morning just to make sure I'm at kick off. Absolute madness. I don't but know, I different don't, days. I don't want to get what you're whipping out, really. Um, but let's go right by in Scotland. What are you thinking? Two games play the Faroe Islands on the Tuesday. What we're we looking for? Two wins. It's got to be two wins. It's got. It's got to be two wins. Yeah. Got and, to be. And we need it. Like we need it. Yeah, they absolutely need it. Yeah. Got to be. Yeah. So, um, how do you think we'll get on with, with Scotland? Of course, it is uh, Hibs the following week, and then we play uh, Motherwell. But we are sitting pretty nicely at the moment. Like we said, we are in uh, fifth spot after eight games, fourteen points, and uh, we said it already. We are very much fully paid up members of uh, Tam Court's Tangier Army. And yesterday, he, he, incredible, incredible image. But hey. I come on the back of three points, which is very important as well. Um, we're at Dode Fox Podcast on social media. Do have a great week. Do stay safe. And don't forget, as always, wash your hands and your arsehole.